Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey, everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. This is episode 149 of my podcast. I'm so excited. I am especially excited because of the special guests I'm going to introduce you to in just a minute. But I'm excited also that I'm almost up to 150 episodes. Can't believe that of this podcast. Hey, it was a dream of mine. I made it happen. And that's all thanks to all the guests I've interviewed and all of you who listen and watch. I appreciate it very, very much. So Today is Friday, February 4, 2022, but you probably won't be listening to this or watching it on YouTube or somewhere on social media till the week of February 7. That would be my guess. But today, Friday, February 4th, from my home office here outside of Boston, Sudbury, Massachusetts, there is snow on the ground. We got about a foot of snow last weekend, and today is just a really messy slush pile out there, ice, sleet, a little rain, a little snow. It's a really cold day. And I say all that without having even ventured outside. So that's just me looking outside. I'm lucky to be working from my home office today, not having to venture into Boston to teach or, or go meet with any clients. I am working from home today and so happy to be able to introduce you to today's very special guest. His name is Patrick Timmons. And Patrick, I met through a mutual friend of mine, and she said, you got to meet Pat. And I reached out to Pat, and we have now been following each other on Twitter. But today is the first time we've talked face-to-face, and it still isn't even in person. But thanks to Zoom, we are able to see each other and talk synchronously. Pat is the author of a book called Feel Something, How to Embrace Empathy to Build Trust with your audience. Pat, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's so good to see you. And I thank you so, so much to to take time out of your busy schedule to be with me today. Let me introduce you formally and then we'll we'll learn a lot more about you. I have so many questions and and I know we're going to have a great conversation. Let me tell you folks a little bit more about Pat besides the fact that he's an author and I I applaud him and, and kudos and props for for that. And Pat is a a social media brand marketer with a background working in music, advertising, SaaS, S-A-A-S. And he's currently on the social media team at Webflow. He graduated from Emerson with a BS in marketing communications and entrepreneurial studies and graduated from Berkeley College of Music with an MA in music business. And yes, he wrote that book last year. And it's all about empathy in marketing. And I read the book. I think you can see it back here on my Kindle. I was one of your first readers, I'm sure, Pat. It's an awesome book. It really is. Feel something, how to embrace empathy to build trust with your audience. Again, Pat, welcome. Thanks for being here. And and say hello to everybody. And if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about your background. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And I'm also cold here with a lot of slush and I haven't been outside. So I can tell, <laughs> and I can tell just by looking at it, it's cold. Um, I'm doing great. I am 
happy it's Friday, having had a good week, a little productive uh, week. Um, my background, I, like I said, got my bachelor's at Emerson in marketing and entrepreneurship and got my master's in music business. And from Emerson, I had kind of a start in public relations for a little bit. Um, didn't really love PR as much as I love the other kind of ideas of marketing. So I went into advertising uh, at a place called Hill Holiday in Boston. Um, really loved the energy of advertising and um, worked in account management. I worked in um, integrated production for a little bit. And then from there, I actually started doing kind of some tech work with uh, Emerson and helped build their mobile app for students, faculty, and uh, everybody at the college. And then also did some like user research and user marketing uh, for the app. So that was kind of a good time to just kind of focus on school uh, only and not have another internship. Um, from there, I kind of went into the music industry and worked at the Recording Academy in Los Angeles for a little bit and helped kind of work on some quality assurance testing for the Grammys and uh, workflow stuff for that. And from there, I wanted to step away from music for a little bit after working some festivals um, and found uh, a lot of interest in tech and wanted to focus on uh opportunities there so i worked at drift for a little bit for about almost uh almost two years there uh, on their social and video team and then now i'm at webflow uh helping the social team uh you know connect with our, our audience so it's been a, it's been a ride i've been kind of all around the marketing <laughs> world um but uh, yeah yeah it's so impressive i mean yeah it's been a, a, a quick ride you have packed a lot in a short amount of time and it's funny you said you worked at a place right off the bat a place called hill holiday like one of the biggest well-known <laughs> iconic ad agencies in the world good for you what a first job and you've had some really amazing experience early in your career so clearly you've learned a lot already what have been some of your and you've accomplished a lot already what have been some of your biggest learnings in your career thus far and and also highlights if you don't mind sharing with us yeah um i feel like the biggest learning is you know always have a human first approach with work um i think sometimes you know that sounds obvious but like when you're working with people that don't have a human first approach to work uh you really realize you really realize the difference of focusing on it every single day versus not. Um, so I think that was like kind of the biggest learning throughout my entire career. And I'm so happy that I'm on a team that everybody is human first and everybody's thinking that way. And, um, you know, really does make a difference when you find that kind of team that really can support you as a person. Uh, everybody works better as a marketer when they're feeling supported and um, able to create. Um, actually, I feel like my the highlight of my career has been at Webflow. I think recently this year, I've been just having so much fun with the people who love Webflow and love using Webflow every day and designing. Um, our community is like so active and so like engaged in our product. There's people that are literally changing their lives with our product because they're starting, you know, design agencies for, for companies um, where they help big brands, small brands with their web development with Webflow. And they're, you know, 
creating agencies across the world. Um, and there, there's freelancers across the world that are, you know, making impact with Webflow. And it's really amazing to like, you know, be along with those stories and, you know, support them with, with our socials. It's awesome to hear you're so happy there. And it sounds like a great company and I'm going to have to personally look into Webflow more yeah. now that I know um, so many good things about the company and, and the fact yeah. that you work there. Can you, seeing we're speaking about Webflow, can you dig even deeper uh, with regard to what you do there, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm on the social role. team. Yeah, I'm a social media coordinator on the team. And um, there's two of us, me, the social media coordinator, and then my boss is the head of social. So we uh, run pretty much every channel that you see on social from TikTok to Twitter, to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. Um, and we run them very collaboratively. So it's, you know, uh, almost kind of like a writer's room feel every single day. We're kind of nice. figuring out what's happening in the world, what's happening in our designers world and the Webflow world. Um, and we're kind of going back and forth and figuring out what content will resonate you the most. And um, today I put out a tweet that is like, you know, really resonating with a lot of people. And it's just because we have those conversations of like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And like, we have a very collaborative and, um, you know, exciting thing going on. So. Thanks to this conversation. If I'm not already following Webflow on Twitter, they will have an additional follower after <laughs> Thank this you. podcast. Yeah. yeah. I have to look at how you are all doing your social. You know, I've done a lot of that in my day. Yeah. It was about five years ago or so. I think it was the spring of 17. I left my last full-time corporate gig, if you will. And I was a director of social media at an agency. And, and it sounds like that experience that I had is similar to what you're doing right now. We were, yeah. you know, very demanding job because you have to be on your toes and, and, and here, you know, uh, listening to, you know, what the chatter is online as well as what's in the news, you know, the news cycle, and you have to be empathetic, that word, yes. um, with regard to your audience and, and, and have those conversations with them on social if necessary. So I, I love social media and I'm glad to hear that you're, that's what you're doing and, and you're so happy that we have that in common, absolutely. If you don't mind the, the human first comment, I applaud you for that. And I'll give you a, a thought I have, and I'm curious how, how you would react to it. You know, I've been in business in the industry a long, long time and, and always felt up until say the last five or 10 years that business was, could be uh, cold and, 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 Kind of rough from time to time and and maybe that i think it is starting to change is is that related to what you mean when you say human first because i always felt you know it was always in that this is the definition of business obviously making money and and turning a profit and working hard and being successful but i think there's a trend in the last again five ten years where the 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 personal side of business is is getting more attention. Am, am I right? And I might not be articulating it. I'm sure I'm not articulating it as well as you could. <laughs> no, no, you did great. You know, I think that's perfectly what I was thinking. Um, you know, I think when people start thinking of, you know, I think obviously making money is super important. That's why business exists. So it's not 
negating that it's more combining that with you know how can we be meaningful and you know intentional while we're also you know making revenue so we can be even more meaningful and more intentional with this revenue that we're earning you know um again with webflow our dual mission is to enable everybody to uh build for the web and lead impactful lives while we do it um so it's not it's not just about our like mission to the world. It's also a promise to the employees, you know, and putting us first and putting the uh, customers first at the same time. Like the whole company is about leading fulfilling lives. Um, so I think that is just like a perfect example of putting human first while also trying to, you know, build your business and make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, so I teach marketing now. I left the full-time corporate world and, making my living mostly i do some consulting and writing and have some clients but a lot of what i do now is the teaching and and i do tell students that because we're teaching it in course and in our classes in the courses i teach what you just said uh purpose-driven um business a purposeful mm -hmm. meaningful business and the the irony is that it's obviously good for us employees and and the individual, individuals, you know, um, personally, but it also is good business because yeah. it's a win-win because customers and consumers are starting to demand that it's becoming a a a standard, um, you know, both as a business and brand and as a customer and client that that is expected. Am, am I right? It, it's good for business. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you have employees that are happy you know, you're going to have better work, then you're going to have better, more customers interest in your product. Um, you know, I think it is like a flywheel effect, you know? No, I, I, yeah. I think it's great. I love the direction I have seen businesses taking nowadays. Um, and I am enjoying work uh, more and more. Um, I always was passionate about marketing am grateful for all the opportunities I was given by, by my respective former employers and bosses and the colleagues I worked with were tremendous. But I feel we've evolved to the point where we're getting better and better out there. And, and that's a good thing. Um, I want to ask you, before talking about the book, because I want to ask a lot of questions about the book and, and give you the opportunity to talk about the book. But when I introduced you, and again, I admitted we hadn't met before just i think just I don't, we never talked that i know of yeah not uh, yet no. yeah until yeah, today <laughs> i mean yeah. we talked on twitter maybe um yeah. you know dms that kind of thing but i didn't know music yeah. was such a big part of your past and and so introducing mm -hmm. you i'm mentioning berkeley school college of music and i'm saying wait a minute he has talent beyond you know marketing and writing and if you don't mind and i see a guitar or two in the background tell yeah. tell me Tell us about, if you don't mind, sharing some of your background in music. Are you still doing music yourself now? Um, yeah, so I was actually, the kind of passion for us, I was um, always interested in music. I was always in like chorus in high school or an acapella group in high school and as an acapella group in college as well. But I also like learned how to play music, uh, piano, uh, not really guitar as much, but piano and um, really practice like voice. So music has always been kind of something that I always turn to, like I'm always playing, you know, music on Spotify while I'm working. I, you know, when I was little, I was also always listening to 
pretty much any type of music you could think of from like Elton John to like Green Day to Britney Spears, like whatever was out there. Um, so I always listen to like any type of music. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of friends that are like, you know, musicians themselves. So I kind of get to work with, you know, my experience and knowledge from like music business and marketing to help them with whatever they want to accomplish as an artist. So that's been kind of the way it's been playing a role in my daily life now. And, you know, whether it's like a quick FaceTime just to talk about what their next release looks like or things like that. Um, so it's been, you know, pretty casual, but it's been cool to learn all of that stuff from Berkeley. And, you know, it's almost like, it was almost like an MBA, but like for music. So it's still like a lot of the things I learned, I can still yes. apply to like Webflow and uh, my past roles. So I definitely, you know, really am grateful for what I've learned there. Yeah, no, you got a great background between the professional and the educational path. And it's very few people who have written a book at, at you know, a young, relatively speaking age um, and, and early, relatively speaking in their career. I mean, most, so many people dream of writing a book. I think, you know, I'm almost finished with mine that I yeah, dreamed yeah. of for about 800 years and it's finally coming to fruition. But look at you, yeah. <laughs> you have one published. Yeah. Um, you beat me to it by, by many, many years and most everybody else. Congratulations. I hope you know what a Thanks. big accomplishment that is. Um, I do have a few questions I think you know lined up. Um, what, what was the impetus for, for writing the book? Did you dream of it forever like I have? Um, if you did, you didn't wait too long to make the dream come true. How, how did it all I mean, come about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Um, it was during the height of the pandemic. So there was no vaccine. There was no like very clear <laughs> uh, understanding of what was going on and no one was going anywhere. Everybody's home. Um, and I was like, well, if I'm not going anywhere, I'm not traveling. Like one of a big passion of mine is traveling and just going places and seeing new things. So I wasn't doing that for a while. Um, and I was like, I'm kind of bored. So I want to find a challenge. And I was looking for whether it was going to be like painting or, you know, like doing like culinary arts online for fun or something like that. But then I came across a LinkedIn post that was like, do you want to write a book? Uh, my, my team can like help you learn how to. And um, it was from a professor at Georgetown University uh, named Eric Kester, who runs the Creator Institute, uh, which was the program I went through to, to put, get published. Um, and, you know, I was hesitant at first. I was like, obviously, you know, it was like a daunting task to write a book. Um, but this is kind of like getting into like the process, but it was really cool because they really broke down what it would take to write it. Um, and they really made it clear, you know, that if you don't want to actually publish it, you don't have to, but it's worth just kind of going along the process and trying. And the first part of the process was having conversations like this, just talking to people about uh, marketing and whatever the subject was, empathy at, at the time, um, at, like as it is now, but it also was like about um, personality traits at the beginning as about, you know, really different ideas that I had, like exploring marketing and different lenses. And it, after having all those conversations, there was a clear uh, kind of consensus, consensus and through line about empathy and, you know, emotion-based marketing, so. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Um, Pat, and it, you know, you, you talk very, um, 
you're very humble and and i applaud you for that you 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 know me i'd be like you know shouting from the rooftops you'll hear me in a few months i published a book yeah um but i did see you promote it a little bit i did um, yeah yeah. and how 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 was that all you know what so you wrote the thing and then then what i mean how hard was it getting the word out and getting you know people like me to read it etc yeah yeah so um it's funny because you know, holidays coming back uh one of the big things was always be humble and hungry and human and like that was like their <laughs> mantra um and i've actually like really loved that mantra or focus and i brought that with me forever so <laughs> promoting myself heavily was like never one of my biggest things because we always you know check our ego at the door and you know i definitely didn't want it to come off as like I wrote a book, I want, I wanted it more to be like, empathy is something that we should all be focusing on and thinking of, here's a book that like, is allowing that to happen. And like allowing us to have intention towards empathy and being an emotion based marketer. Um, so that was like, the way I was trying to promote it. Um, but when I uh, had to get it published, I had to re- do like some fundraising. Um, and raise, you know, close to like $8,000 to get it published. So that had to, you had to flex those muscles and really bring the marketing there. Um, So that was like a really fun kind of creative project. And I collaborated with a lot of really cool uh, brands that I just like friends with their founders or uh, people on their team, like House of Wise is a CBD gummy brand. Uh, with you is like a healthcare brand started by Annie. Uh, and I kind of worked with all those brands to like create like a giveaway that would build excitement for it. I used a cameo of like some of my favorite drag queens uh, to get the book out there. Um, anything that was just like out of the norm that would pe- make people stop scrolling for a second. Um, and I did do that for heavily for like a month. Um, and it worked because I was able to achieve more than my goal. And, um, you know, I donated the proceeds to the, the crisis that was happening in India and then also mm. the Franklin food pantry. So, uh, you know, stuff like that, but yeah. Good, good for you, Pat. Um, yeah. and, and the response I know from what I've seen and, and I can tell you my response, everything I've seen and everything I have felt has been enthusiastically positive. I know that without having to ask you. Um, but specifically, can you share, you know, what people have said about the book, uh, in, in how has, what has, what's been most gratifying about any feedback you've received to the book? Yeah, I, um, it's pretty exciting. I spoke at a conference with a company called Amplify, um, and just talked about empathy and marketing in kind of a Q and a chat and, um, the book, the people were really excited about, their team was really excited about like hearing that. And they actually wanted to read the book altogether. So they bought like, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 copies of the book. And they have a team around the world. So they sent them all the copy of my book. So they all like were sharing it with me when they got it. And you said they were really excited. And um, a lot of the team was really interested in just kind of the topic and really excited about it that they wanted me to come in and talk with them actually later this month just to have a Q&A session after reading the book. Um, that was like really unexpected and um, you know obviously as like a marketing author like you kind of want marketing teams or schools or um, classes to pick up the book and 
you know, talk about the topic, but I actually didn't realize it was going to happen so soon. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like kind of waiting to like kind of approach like next fall with that approach um, and start like really in the summer getting the book out there for students or uh, for teams. But um, yeah, it was really exciting to like have that kind of, you know, excitement so soon. No, that must feel great and and good yeah. for you. And and that's a smart company that bought uh, 30 or so copies of the book because it's it's more than worth it. Can you, so empathy as a lifelong marketer, I've always believed in empathy for, for business reasons, but I'm also that, I think I'd like to believe that kind of person. Um, and maybe it ties back to my earlier comment. I didn't used to see as much of that in business or in our personal lives right. as I would have liked. Can you explain for those who aren't as accustomed to talking about empathy or, or even frankly knowing the definition, what is empathy and how can it benefit, benefit us both professionally and personally? Yeah, yeah. So empathy is kind of, um, there's like different, there's confusion about it and I kind of address this in the book a little bit, um, but there's a difference between practicing empathy and being an empath. Um, an empath is like something that you know, people are kind of controversial about and back and forth on where it's like, you can actually feel what someone else is feeling in the room. Like you can, like if someone's like sad, you can also, you actually get sad too. Um, but what I'm talking about is practicing empathy. And, you know, what I mean by that is you're listening to what people are saying, not just comprehending, but you're actually taking the time to understand like what they're feeling and how it would feel to be in their shoes almost um and you're then actioning on it to make your marketing or your business or your meetings uh whatever context it is um just much more you know compassionate and focused on uh just making people feel heard uh, essentially um and that's really what it is all about do companies in 2022 naturally have empathy or is it something that has to be brought to their attention how, how does a company embed that that quality that principle that attribute in into their corporate culture yeah. i think a lot of companies like you said earlier are moving in that direction which is exciting um i think there's companies that are, you know, so old fashioned too, that are just not, um, and ever will, like, they're not going to focus on that. Um, and, you know, I think like a lot of it is thinking about, you know, how you can influence culture, how much like marketers influence culture, you know, and how much brands influence culture. So like the brands that are, are doing that, uh, and are having a much stronger impact on culture on social on Twitter on, TikTok, those brands are really focusing on empathy, you know, and, you know, I think like some brands we think about are like, you know, Nike, uh, Chewy, uh, like as a smaller brand, um, even B2B brands, like I know like Gong is a very good one that's very focused on empathy. So like, you know, I think a lot of brands that have that impact on larger communities are really focusing on that. So it, that's great to hear, and it's very encouraging, and it's consistent what, from a distance, I, I've observed um, on social media, how would 
how specifically would a company show empathy towards its customers and, and how might it benefit the bottom line? Yeah, um, I think like a good example is um, like today I put out a tweet for Webflow and uh, it was just kind of like about how it was kind of like talking about the idea of, you know, taking on more projects when you haven't even finished other projects and then your portfolio either in uh, understanding like what it actually feels like to be a designer in that position. And, you know, that got so much engagement because people are like, oh, I understand that feeling like, and like people are even saying like, why are you like reading me so much? Why, like, you know, mm -hmm. why are you uh, criticizing me? <laughs> like they're being, you know, funny, but um like it just like resonated perfectly with them because you know also it's also like that time of year you know it's also about like timing um you know it's the beginning of the new year people are like excited, excited about new things new projects so like talking about that kind of concept at this time made sense um it was not only like something that a lot of designers feel often but also like are feeling right now you know so that's great to hear and by your audience responding to say you're the company and in this case you're representing the company on social does it how and again this is hypothetical and, and i just curious what what how you would answer this question um how so that we can uh, walk our audience through how it works mm -hmm. what would the next step be if you have someone following you and you're putting out tweets that they're relating to and really enjoying reading and responding to why and how might that lead to potential business? A lot of our community is already using Webflow or a lot of like your community who follows you is already someone somewhat excited about your brand. So what happens when you build even more excitement and more trust, you kind of build that brand affinity with them. So what they're gonna do is say, did you see that tweet from Webflow or from Skittles or from McDonald's? Like that really like made me laugh or really resonated. And then they might share it with someone that's not using your product or buying your product already with word of mouth. And like, as we, many marketers know, word of mouth is just like our gold. Um, it's like the best thing ever. Um, and that brand affinity is what kind of leads into that, that word of mouth. I totally agree. I mean, that's, yeah. That answer, Pat, is a case study right there. I mean, that's, I told you before <laughs> I turned on record that I might clip some highlights. That could be one of the highlights. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's also, so I said, you know, as I was asking that question, you know, I kind of know what I would say. I kind of anticipate what you would say, but not everybody knows that. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's an education for the brands and businesses that, some of them aren't even on social yet, never mind, you know, using it regularly and realizing that it's important to have those conversations. It's important to be listening to your audience and the more engagement there is, the more they can relate to you as human beings, chances are the more likely they'll do business with you if the products and services you have are, are you know, meet, meet their expectations, meet their needs, wants, and, and demands. So a great, great answer to um, that question. Thank you. 
Yeah, hey, of course. Um, uh, many, uh, many more questions, but we, we don't have um, infinite amount of time. So, so maybe five or 10 more minutes of questions if you have that much time. Yeah, that's and great. Then, then we'll wind things down. Um, who do you, so I, I, I'm learning a ton about what you do at Webflow and, and I'm gonna look up Webflow right after this episode is done recording. Um, but I know you personally on Twitter and I, I see a lot of your activity, um, but I don't look at who you follow on. And that's a question I have for you. Who do you follow for inspiration, education, anyone you want to give a shout out to, you know, that's an, yeah. you know, open question for you to take in any, which direction you want. Yeah. There's a, there's so many amazing people to follow in marketing and everything on Twitter, but um, someone that I met personally in person after uh, talking with her so many times on Twitter, she's also in the Massachusetts area, Nicole Tabak. Um, she's just so great at um, just supporting everybody <laughs> in the community. Um, she is just so authentic and she's just like so herself on social and, um, you know, she shared her story of kind of going into like the freelance marketing route rather than working in a company full time. And she's been, you know, very awesome about talking about mental health in the marketing space. And she has a really awesome newsletter that goes out every week about mental health and marketing and how you need to like, you know, she calls it the social media detox where you need to like take time to just focus on yourself and um, it will make you a better marketer to like have that moment. So I think she's really inspired me a ton uh, as like a marketer and as just like a person on social that, you know, you don't have to be posting like marketing insights all the time. You can post about like what you're feeling uh, that day and how others might be feeling about it. Um, and usually when she shares things that are so authentic, they always, you know, explode because other people are feeling the same way, you know, so. Yeah. You know, great shout out to to and for Nicole. Um, yeah. I have absolutely seen her and, and believe I follow her on Twitter, yeah. maybe because of you, because we know how algorithms work too. If we follow yeah. one person, usually the people they're talking to show up at the top of our feeds and, and that's the community that, you know, yeah. in that case, I, I really like that the algorithm works that way because we're following the right people, more of those right people end up, ending up, end up surfacing. Uh, and, and then we have one big uh, mutual support group, which is what we all need. Um, yeah. And I noticed you do do a lot of that in terms of, so I'm on Twitter every day. I've been for years. Um, I think you have more followers than I, and you've probably been on Twitter for fewer years than I do. <laughs> I'm yeah. jealous. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, because as you and I know, it's all relative. It's the quality of your audience. And, and hey, you, you wrote a book that, that builds your following. Maybe I'll pick up a few more followers once my book's yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but, but seriously, um, I notice you do the text only tweets quite a bit, which I don't do is, is, is much as you and some of the others. And I agree with you. Those seem to be, I know they're authentic. I know they often take more time than just sharing links or tweeting out, you know, I write a ton of articles, do a ton of videos, podcasts like this. I'll tweet those. But I'll admit, I don't take the time more than, you know, once every few days to just tweet a thought, if you will, random, 
you do. And I think Nicole does and there's, there's others. Yep. Kind of others. Um, yep. The motivation behind that. And I mean, we've already alluded to it and the results. What, what can you share with, yeah. if, if you hear my question, I, I was kind of, you know, not exactly no, yeah, a can, direct question. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear. Um, I'm trying to think of like when I started like tweeting actively. I think like it was, thoughts, just random thoughts. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, said something today. Like, can I quote? I hope I yeah, can. You put it yeah, on Twitter. Something yeah, about Panera, yeah. Panera Coffee. Yeah, yeah so I'm doing it right now. Panera Coffee. It's my uh, first uh, time in a while having it. Don't let anybody ever tell you. <laughs> They can say a lot of things about me, but I pay attention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do no, my yeah. homework, and and I, I saw that tweet, I put, and that's yeah. exactly what I mean. You just said something like, I don't know, the quality of Panera coffee. It's actually, so, good. I never knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something like so, that. Yeah, I don't yeah, do that that they, often. So, what's your motivation, and is it yeah. strategic or just that's how I feel, and I'm going to put it out there, or it, that, yeah, or is there a part of you that says this will probably get like 20 likes too? Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I don't do it for anybody. I do it for me. Um, so I think that's what um, I realized when I started getting more active. I forget like when it was, but I started like at like a thousand followers just from having Twitter. I use it for like not often. I use it probably like once every other month, um, and I used it for like tweeting about pop culture and like whatever. And I gained a thousand followers because like rupaul retweeted me once and then like someone That's else retweeted time. me so it was like some other it was just like silly little gifts that i made and then i got a thousand followers from that but then um as i came back online i kind of just started sharing whatever i was thinking what was going on what i was doing at work um like you know things about panera coffee and stuff like that um and i just realized that like writing for myself was something that i really enjoyed and just sharing my thoughts and starting conversations, um, whether it was about marketing or pop culture or coffee, uh, was always super fun and just like exciting. So it's never really for a strategic point. Um, and I think that's like why I just like saw the growth. Uh, it's just like I didn't do it for the growth. You know, I kind of just wanted to share ideas um, and what resonated resonated. Like, you know, sometimes you got like 500 likes on things just because it really hit home for someone else uh and i forget what the tweet was but that was probably like my biggest one and i don't remember what it is now you've had <laughs> um, some great like, ones i i yeah, they, so. they, thanks to the algorithm and number one i'm always looking for you yeah. you're usually at the top of my feed and yeah. and i follow you know five thousand people um yeah or so <laughs> um there is a lesson there though for marketers and for business and that's what i'm kind of hinting around um that the naysayers and the uh, second guessers, I'm trying to think of other words, skeptics mm -hmm. with regard to social yeah. media and Twitter. And, you know, because I've heard it for years, I've been um, um, preaching social media. I started my blog in 04 and that social media and, you know, again, jumped on Twitter very early on. But so many people don't think it in business, think it's worth the time and don't get it I'll, I, I'll be frank um but it's examples like what we're talking about right now if you just and and i hate to say do something personal for strategic reasons but we can be honest and say to businesses hey you don't really have to have a lot of you know hard and fast strategy this should be some but in some cases let 
your employees just share and share yourself about the company. And number one, it's good for you. It's cathartic. It's, you know, there's some freedom involved, but strategically from a business point of view, it, it very well could benefit the business. Correct. And, and I love seeing, yep. you know, to me, that's a big business lesson that companies overlook. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, back at Webflow, like I think we're, we're, we have a really good community of employees that are on Twitter actually, and talk about Webflow uh, whenever we have like a big announcement and things like that. And it just kind of builds that energy on social that, you know, not a lot of companies have um, just because our, our team happens to be on Twitter. It's not like something that you can like force at a company, but it's just like exciting to like enable people to share on their own socials. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a big trend with like employee advocacy out there. Yes. Um, so that's definitely, you know, I've seen the impact of that at Drift. I've seen the impact of that at Webflow. So it's definitely like a really exciting uh, thing that people can start leaning well, into and thinking you're, about. You're the living, breathing example of that, Pat. Um, you know, just a simple tweet, um, less than, you know, 100 characters, never mind whatever, 280 characters, words mm -hmm. only, um, extemporaneous, can get, and again, not that that's the reason you do it, but I'm saying to brands and business, anyone who's listening, watching, just unleash a few um, Pat Timmonses on the world, if you will, you know, yep. on your social team. And you are probably going to see increased engagement and increased engagement leads to more business in the long run because people get to know you, they like you, they respect you, they buy your products and services. I know I'm simplifying it, but I really think literally that, one simple tweet you put out today probably gets more attention than a lot of the tweets, and I'll admit, than I put out there when I just am sharing links. There's a reason to share links too. You want to share good yeah. articles and video yeah. and, and, and links to podcasts, et cetera. But probably when we share extemporaneously our feelings, our thoughts, our musings, people can relate and we connect. Am I, am I, do, do, do you agree? I see you nodding your head. I totally agree. And um, I think it's just, it makes it easier to talk to people offline too. You know, like when people can see your personality on Twitter, like, uh, you know, whenever yeah. I'm about to meet someone, I actually look at their Twitter first just to see what they post and what they talk about. Um, and I get, you get a sense of like who they are, what they care about, their voice, like if they have a family, if they don't, if they're single, if they're married, you know, things like that. You learn a little bit about them before you can like jump on a call and it builds that kind of like initial trust and warmth. Uh, you know, like I think a lot of people talk about how they hire people just from Twitter now. Um, wow, that's and they awesome. find jobs via Twitter, you know, and things like that. So, you know, investors probably find people that are building new companies just on Twitter and it's about you know putting those like human first things on the internet and sharing that out there so yeah it listen I'm going to try to repeat that it's about putting humans first thing out there on the internet and whatever the last few words were but that's yeah. a profound <laughs> statement and I mean that because it's it can be as simple as that and and yeah it's really saying almost to some degree 
that some business people, some businesses need to unlearn some of perhaps what they were taught in terms of this is how you behave in the business world. And it's more like, just be yourself. And that could, you know, coupled with your knowledge and your expertise and your actions and the products and services you represent, that could be the, the magic, you know, the secret sauce to success. Am I, am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. And like brands, um, one that came to mind, like Shopify, that tweet like your friend are going to build that trust. Um, Saad on their social team does like a great job of just, you know, putting out content that is like funny type, like really relevant that, you know, anybody would relate to just because they have such a broad, you know, user base, like from sellers to buyers. Yeah. Um, they talk like your friend on Twitter. Like you don't need to have, you know, very businessy uh, <laughs> posts. You can have, you know, I watched RuPaul last night. It was funny or something like that. And like stuff like that. Um, and just be really human about the, the way they post. There's been many takeaways during this conversation, Pat, but I think that's one of the biggest. And uh, what the common thread is, is mm -hmm. and coincidentally, uh, or, or um, yeah, coincidentally, it ties right back to your book, or, or no surprise, it ties right back to your book. Be empathetic, be conversational, be human. Yeah. And, and that can lead to great success. And I would say, you know, professionally, but what could be better as a human being, right, personally? Is there anything I've overlooked in asking you questions that you want to talk about? Anything, anything, period. Uh, look at my notes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, well, you asked uh, like in the, in the email before this, you kind of said, oh, if there's anything else you want to add. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I want to add is just like have fun with your marketing. Um, just like, don't take it seriously, you know, unless you're literally saving lives with your marketing. Usually not a lot of companies that are uh, posting on social are. So just like have fun, um, but also be meaningful. Like there's, you don't have to sacrifice uh, comedy for being meaningful. Um, so I think like just having fun is super important. Not on just social, like on, you know, out of home content, out of emails, like anything. I think you just have to have fun. I agree totally. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that I'm in my classes, um, I teach for this semester in marketing and I am telling, encouraging them, asking them to watch the Super Bowl ads because yeah. it's, you know, not just the two best football teams, but it's the Super Bowl of advertising. And most of them will be having fun in those ads. Most of them will be very oh, yeah. entertaining and yep. not taking themselves too seriously. And I wish, and I think it, I say, I wish it is starting to tide is starting to turn that marketers businesses are starting to have more fun than they used to and oh, yeah. my wish would be those who aren't yet having fun I, I i wish that they all have fun because you know we also want to enjoy what we do for a living and again someone who's worked um almost 40 years in this business um i've tried to you know make the most of every minute of it and and have fun um but definitely the later years i've had more fun than the early years so I think we're heading in the right direction. That that arrow behind you that points upwards. I think we're heading That's upwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, in a positive direction. Pat, how can people find you, connect with you? Um, and and frankly, you know, um, my plug on your behalf, buy your book, feel something. Yeah. How how can they connect with you and buy that book? 
Yeah. So um, Twitter is probably the best place. My DMs are open. So anytime people want to just chat about marketing or empathy or life, <laughs> uh, my Twitter is Pat Timmons underscore. Um, and then my website where you can learn more about the book and learn more about like my experience and uh, where I can, I post like sometimes a newsletter. <laughs> it's not very often, but whenever I have time, uh, it's feelsomething.co. Feelsomething.co. So yep in 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 yes. pat timmons underscore is that what i heard or yeah yep yep on twitter, twitter yeah. and and pat if you're not following him uh i would follow folks um not even a question i have read the book right here feel something it's an awesome book and it's a relatively quick read lots of um insight and and case studies and interviews you did a lot of research i was very impressed I mean, that seemed like yeah, it must it have fun. been a lot of work. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of conversations like this, like I said. So it was fun. It's a it's a great yeah. book. You're a great conversationalist, a great guest, Pat. And and Thank we've you. been planning this for a few months now. Um, and I'm glad we we stuck with our uh pledge, if you will, informal to make this happen because we've now made it happen. It's being recorded. I'll be sharing it probably the week of February 7th. This is February 4th on Friday. Let me thank you, Pat, and applaud you for all your achievements and all the time you've given me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much, Bob, for having me. And, you know, congratulations on 150. You know, I don't know who's next, but it has to be a big one, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm excited for you. Yeah. I awesome. haven't thought that far ahead. Jeez, if we waited yeah. just a little longer, you might have been 150. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, we are 149th, so, cool. so 150 will have a um, would be a tough act to follow. Because <laughs> <laughs> this you. has been a great conversation, and I can't wait to yeah. release this um, to everybody so they can um, enjoy this conversation like I have. Thank you, Pat Timmons. I really, really appreciate it. This has been Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. I'm Bob Cargill. That's Pat Timmons. And he has been such an awesome guest. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this show, watching the show as much as I've enjoyed my conversation with Pat. Thank you, Pat. Again, go out, folks, and buy his book, Feel Something. If you haven't yet, follow Patrick Timmons. And he's a great guy, and he's been a great guest. And I'm so glad to have had this conversation with you, Pat. Thanks again, everybody, for watching and listening. And I'll be talking to you about marketing again sometime soon. Bye for now. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.